Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity, a podcast from the Culture Ministry, where we explore the themes of diversity, equity and inclusion through sharing stories of personal and powerful lived experiences, including how people have found their feet and developed their career in diversity and inclusion. We're so glad you're listening in. And if you need some help or support with your diversity and inclusion work, go to www.thecultureministry.com for more information. We have been admiring Rebecca Saunders for quite a while now at The Culture Ministry and A Dog Called Diversity. She is energetic, colourful and vibrant as you will see when you listen in to this episode. She talks about her experience with alopecia and how she finally got up the confidence to do away with her wigs. You will learn much more about Rebecca and her business in this episode. Here's your host, Lisa Mulligan. Hello everyone and today super excited with my guest. She is someone that I have been following for quite a while actually and always wondering how could I get her on my podcast, what would be the angle and um, as fate would have it, uh, she actually put out to the universe that she was looking to be on other podcasts and I think she actually has a goal and we'll talk about that. Uh, But let me introduce Rebecca Saunders. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Lisa. This is so much fun. <laughs> I know. I love talking to people. It's so good. Um, what is your podcast goal for the year? My podcast goal. So I um, want to be on 52 podcasts this year. I um, I have a thing this year going. I've, I've got 52 and 365 in my brain. 52 weeks, 365 days. I want to maximize them all. So I've given myself little things that I can reach tangibly so I'll go yeah that year was good like I, I felt that yeah. that was fun yeah and I'm I'm really interested to know like when you set an intention like that and you put it out into the world magic kind of happens so how's the goal going so it, the goal's going really well so far well, we're only in February and I'm already at 15 so I'm feeling that's Brilliant. pretty good I'm yeah. ahead I'm ahead of the game but you know it's one of those things that if you've got a goal and and an intention and it's consistently in front of you Mm -hmm. that's when the goal comes like that's when you can magnetize it towards you is how I feel like if I just wrote it in a book and went oh yeah like that's my goal and I don't see it every day and I don't talk about it then it wouldn't happen yeah so I did something sort of similar because I recently moved to New Zealand last year and maybe towards the end of the year when I hadn't really met anyone and I was feeling a bit disconnected didn't have too many friends here. I set an intention that I wanted to meet or a goal to meet one new person a week. Yep. And I was like, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Like no idea. But as soon as you say that, it made me think, okay, well, I'm going to go to that event because I might meet five or 10 new people. And I posted about it in a, in a blog post on LinkedIn, which I know that you have done similar things. And all of a sudden, I was meeting so many people, I had to kind of calm it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's very easy to socialize, right? (laughs) Very easy. But um, let's hear about you. So I know you through your business, but why don't you tell us a bit about your business and what you do? Oh, that's a good question now because you've seen the journey of my business. Um, So for the last decade, I've been running a video production company. We um, grew from me just moving to Australia and knowing no one. So there's a theme there, knowing no one, <laughs> yeah. just giving it a go. Um, through to the last decade going and operating across Australia, New Zealand, the UK and America. 
the majority of the stuff we've filmed over the years has been course content and video case studies for big corporates. So that's my jam. That's the happy place as a team. Yeah. People's online courses and doing corporate content in terms of case studies. And that's the sort of fun space we sit and play in, but it's not necessarily something that after 10 years was like, oh, it's really lighting my soul on fire. Like every single project <laughs> is awesome, but what's the next thing for me? And so this year has always all been about leveling up. Um, and again, that piece of finding friends, having more fun, having more joy. And yeah. so I've launched an online cheer squad for women to be more, have more and do more you know, fun and joy and celebration and connection in their lives because that's missing. You know, I know you and I talked offline um, before mm. this and previously, and we've just mentioned it about how we find it really hard to make friends as adults, right? It's really hard yes. to go somewhere new and make a genuine friendship connection, not just you're a business owner, I'm a business owner, we can talk about that, yep. actually have that real connection. And so that is my goal for this year is to bring as many women together as I can that can just go, high five, you nailed that. Or like, <laughs> what are you doing today? I just want to chat about this. You know, just have that friendship bubble of group of women anywhere in the world that can just join in. So it's, yeah. it's, it's really fun. Yeah. So fun. And you have, you are doing something and I think you might've run your first event. Um, oh yes. I did. Tell us a bit about, cause you, <laughs> hold on, let, let's rewind a bit. So Tell us a bit about what happened in your business during COVID. And and I know you've moved to regional Australia. So tell us a bit about that. So COVID for me in the video industry was massive, amazing. <laughs> so whilst the rest of the industry for us as a whole was collapsing because shoots left, right and centre were being cancelled, people couldn't yeah. go into their offices. I had a studio space in Sydney, a decade of experience a team, a reputation yeah. that people knew me for. And yeah. so COVID for us was so busy, like so insane. Um, my phone was ringing off the hook. We were helping <laughs> course creators and speakers jump onto filming from home, lots of live streams. And so my business literally went from me going, I might do something else and try something different. You know, I would be yeah. doing what I'm doing today two years ago had it not been for COVID because yeah. I was at the same spot of, I want to do something more. But because of COVID and because of the work we've done and the reputation that we had, it was the biggest year ever. And we went from literally doing zero to seven figures in the pandemic, which is just mind blowing <laughs> as a success story in itself. Have you maintained that level post COVID? We have maintained it to a point. And okay. then I've sort of gone, I don't want to work that hard. Like yeah. it's, it's, a, <laughs> it sounds really strange, right? Because you're like, yes, got to seven figures. But getting to a million dollars of turnover, you can kind of look at it one of two ways. If it's really taking all the hours and all the energy and you're so burnt out at the end of it, yeah. is it worth it? That's the conversation. Like, is it is it worth it? Yes, you can have that nice little shiny title, but is it worth it? Like, Are you having the best time? And so we reconvened as a team and worked out what we wanted to work on, how we wanted to work. And actually, after two years of crazy, um, we're all now working from home. You know, we're, we're yeah. doing our first year working from home and doing part-time hours. So three days a week is what my team work. I work four days a week, limited hours. And that's what we wanted to do. So we actually went, we don't want to work that many hours anymore. How do we do the profits in the business so that we can maintain yeah. what we're taking home? But, you know, we're, le we're leveling that up, but we're just not burning ourselves out. And that's 
been a real shift. Yeah. But, but it's That's like, amazing. What? Yeah. What have been some of the challenges in, I guess, shifting from, from that crazy so much work model to going, okay, hold on. We're going to um, scale it back. Like what are some of the compromises or maybe decisions or the things you've had to say yes to the things you've had to say no to? So one of the big things is, you know, these titles and getting to that next level in business is something that people go, wow, like you got there. Amazing. Like tell me Yay. all the things. <laughs> and you're like, oh, but I can, I can t- completely tell you how I've done it. But as I said before, would I strive that hard again? No, I'd th- be thinking differently and doing a slightly different business model. But being in a services industry, which is what we are in the video space, mm-hmm. it takes man hours. You know, the man hours have to be be there to do it. And so the scale and the growth in that um, is, is limited in terms of you've got to put the hours in to get the revenue back. So in terms of that, the challenge really was that almost an ego thing, right? Like you want to maintain where you are at, but also yeah. oh, kind of don't want the stress of it all. So how do we then balance that out? And I think the ego battle of can we maintain this and keep it going versus stop, think, start again is, is something yeah. that is worth considering and looking at because it's so easy as business owners to work so many hours and not reap the rewards. And also the number of people that don't pay themselves properly anyway, you know, is a whole topic of conversation we could go down. But mm-hmm. I sort of stepped back and went, what is the lifestyle that I want? So what do I need to bring home, bottom line, to cover the team, me, what we're doing, what I want to achieve, where I want to live, trips I want to take. And that isn't a massive figure. You know, that's comfortable, sizable, don't get me wrong, but it's not needing to strive consistently for those really big numbers. And actually, I shifted my mindset on, I want to enjoy every day and every week and put something in there that is enjoyable Yes, I'm working, but I'm also spending time with my husband, with our dog, in our new house, with friends. And working too many hours means I didn't have that. So it was actually more of a work-life balance for me than chasing the numbers. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting about it, and I think it's why we're seeing so many women leave big companies to start their own business because they want what you're describing. They want to be able to create a life that works for them. Mm which is fantastic. And a lot of focus in business is around how do you scale up? How do you make more money? How do you make more profit? But that being able to pull back and make the very different decisions, I think is less talked about. And I see big organizations when, when they say, Oh, we've got to, we've got to cut costs. We've got to scale back. And so they, they take out those hours because they get rid of people. So you've lost all those, I guess, productivity hours, but they still expect the same outcomes. The conversations are never okay. So we've had to um, get rid of 10 or 20% of our workforce in this particular area. So what does that mean in terms of how are we going to focus and what can we get done with what we've got left? That's not the conversation. It's like, okay, we've just got to keep going and deliver the same thing and burn out the people that we've kept. Like it's ridiculous, Correct. right? It is ridiculous. And and burnout is serious. Like it is so serious that I think it's almost a thing that until recently has been one of those things that people go, Oh yeah, it's just you just need a nap or just take a weekend. Or, you know, just have a week off. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Like if you if you're properly diagnosed with burnout, like you are broken. Like you're broken. Yeah. Um and it takes a long time to get that back. 
So after two years of crazy for me, I, and I did a lot of travel last year to give myself that time to think and do things. It took a good three months over Christmas for me to go, Oh, okay. Like, let me just reset my brain and work out where I want to be next. You know, I realized at the beginning of January that I had not been in the same location for more than five days since the 7th of September. So for four months, I had not been in one location for more than five (laughs) days. Like that is insane. (laughs) And I did it because it was fun. I was super fun at the time. But if I look back and go, well, that's nuts. Like I didn't give myself that time frame to sort of stop and settle down. And so it's been a big mind shift of how do I, as I said, how do we get maximum output, but doing less input? So ironically, the whole thing is when working, we're working much less hours and bringing home exactly the same amount, if not more, just thinking and doing things differently. Like that's, that's the crazy thing. That's what's, that's the interesting thing. It's, it's not, you need to be working nine to five. You need to put the extra hours in. It's actually looking at what's working and what's not and putting your energy, what's going to move the dial is where I'm working at the moment. Yeah, cool. And you you also made a big decision around where you wanted to live. Yes. Um, and you have moved to one of my favourite parts <laughs> of the world because it's a beautiful wine region. But tell us about that decision and how did you decide where to move to? And all Yeah, so... Um, We've moved to Mudgee, which is regional New South Wales. Beautiful wine region, as you said. There's some stunning wineries to pop to in an afternoon. And the reasoning for that for us was we definitely, my husband and I definitely wanted country. We wanted to move to the country and we landed on wine region because we like wine. Um, We wanted somewhere that was sort of touristy. We didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere. And we've got enough friends with houses and places in cities and on beaches that we don't really need to live in those spaces because we can go visit them. So where can we go that is a destination? So friends and family will come to stay with us for a couple of days. And then, you know, it's drivable distance from Sydney for a weekend. Let's look at that. And so we looked at several wine regions around New South Wales and we landed on Mudgee because it's just so picturesque and quaint. Like it's so... It's still got a small town vibe to it. And I love yeah. that so much. And I'm loving it even more every day. Like even walking the dog every morning, more and more people are saying good morning and knowing who my dog Bailey Yay. is. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, and just so joyful. <laughs> and I think that's really where my joy finding and giving, you know, through the champagne lounge is like more people need this. I'm hearing people <laughs> going, how are you making friends? I'm struggling with this okay, let's solve the problem, you know? So Mm. yeah, I'm loving country life. Love it, love it, love it. How funny are dogs in making connections with people? Uh (laughs) I walked out my front door the other day and um, a woman was walking past and she went, oh, is this Mabel's sister? So Mabel is our cat. And she had been having conversations with my children who were outside one day and the cat was there. And then I'm there with Shelly and she's like, oh, this is Mabel's sister. And um, what's her name? Like, it's just, yeah, I've it's never owned a dog until yeah. probably about four years ago. So hilarious. It is fun. It is fun. I mean, we were walking through the markets just a couple of weeks ago in town, just a local little market space, and a lady tapped her friend on the shoulder and went, there he is. I told you there was a mini Aussie Shepherd in town. This is it. This is him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> it's insane how, the, you know, <laughs> 
he's being recognized around town i mean i stand out because i haven't got any hair and i wear a lot of pink <laughs> and a lot of camilla colors so we both stand out like crazy and i just think it is so divine that walking down the street people smile at him and he brings so much joy i just i brings a smile to my face i love it yeah yeah I can imagine that you are a topic of conversation around the town. <laughs> There's this new woman and she's got a dog and she doesn't have any hair and she has amazing lashes and yeah. <laughs> and she's really bright. <laughs> I'm all right being that topic of conversation. I'm good with it. <laughs> now, um, one of the things I thought was kind of funny is like we both moved to new places and we're both like, how the hell are we going to meet people? Yeah. And I actually went on a journey of looking at well, what are all the women's networking groups? I want to connect with women who are in business. Um, that would be really great. Um, and so I have done the rounds of some of the, the groups and uh, found some gaps in the kind of people that I would like to meet and connect with. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create a dinner group. And then when we were talking, you have done the same. I and I think you yeah. might have run your first event. So tell us I about have. that. Yeah. So um, in the same elk, right? In the same elk of, yeah. I want to meet people. I want to have a dinner conversation. I don't want it to be small talk, but I do want it to be kind of small talk, but not all business talk. And yeah. that was all sort of going through my brain. And with my dog and meeting people at the dog park, I know people. I'm happy to talk to people everywhere. And so I've been introduced to a few individuals around town through friends of mine who have said so-and-so also lives in Mudgee you guys should meet I'm like okay great great and so the more <laughs> I went and did those conversations those coffee dates those wine catch-ups the more it rippled through that every single person I was meeting hadn't built their tribe yet they, they just didn't have their tribe they were all working from home they were new to town relatively and they hadn't found their tribe you know there'd been talks yeah. of it but they hadn't found it and I didn't know how to find it in fact one of the ladies I answered a post on Facebook that said I'm new to town I'm a business owner and the end business owners that want to meet you know that was it and I said yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah of course I will no problem at all and it was one of those things that I then sort of thought oh people are asking this like they're asking how to make friends where do they meet people where you know so it was a no-brainer. I'm a big cook. I love to cook. I love to host. So the idea of hosting a dinner party for, I wanted 12. We we did start off with six um, in our first one and we're selling out the next one once a month, host the dinner and get those people together to just have a mm. conversation. And so there were a couple of things involved in that. One, because we are a small town, it needed to be a place that was quiet and a safe yeah. space that people could share. You know, I didn't want it to be just a group of us in a cafe in the open or in the pub, in the side room that people could overhear the conversation. And so one of the ladies in town actually opened her restaurant for us specifically for that night. So we had the restaurant exclusively to us. So that was one. And the second one was, you know, I had it as I'm not going to publicly advertise this because I don't want anyone and everyone to come the conversation has to be very well oh, I had an agenda curated, but, yeah, curated you know yeah. you don't want people just to rant or take over the conversation so there's a lot of thoughts in my brain of how do I make this so that it, everyone gets their say to talk everyone can feel safe to share yeah a lot of a lot of thought went into the structure the invites that went into it and it was fantastic and the big aha moments were 
I can't believe that this actually exists. This is what I really need. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Like everyone is feeling this, you know, it feels the, the champagne lounge. It feels what I'm thinking right now. It's fueling conversations that we had that led to this conversation. It's fueling what you're doing in your space, you know, that whole thing of, wow, I just wanted to meet people that just get me. Yeah. 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 But it just takes one or two people to start the process and enable others to get together. And I think that's a really cool thing that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, after our conversation a few weeks ago, I went away and bought a domain name and not to make a really big thing out of what I want to do, but just to have a space where, um, like you, I don't want it to be a public thing. I want women that we know to invite someone that they know that they think will fit the group and will put, I don't know, it sounds exclusive, but some criteria around, I don't know if that's that's probably the wrong thing to say, but yeah, I want women who think big. I want women who support and help each other. Um, I want women who are collaborative. Um, and so being able to find those people, I think is really important. So yeah. Well, for, for me, I called it business uncorked because we're in a wine region. So that just sounded so fitting. I wanted them to be business women. Like it wasn't yeah. just meeting everyone. So there's yeah. a big difference to, for me between champagne loungers with anyone and everyone that's a woman that wants to come and meet a friend. Awesome. Come on in versus yeah. business yeah. uncorked, which is local business women who are working from home that want that high level conversation to almost come in and go, Oh my God, like the, the kids did this and I'm trying, trying to juggle this and just blah. And other people yeah. at the table go, I got it. Like we, we hear you. we can either like drink with you on this or we can just give you some guidance on how we tackle <laughs> a similar situation. And yeah. it, it's as simple as that. You know, it's, it, as business owners, we think differently. We do life yeah. differently. Either sometimes most of the time our partners don't get that. So we can be at functions and we just need to clock that one other person that's on our vibe and we'll be yes. chatting all night, but put us in a situation where no one gets us. And we're like, yeah. Oh. No, I'm making yeah. that's not yeah. what I want to do. So no, yeah. you have to have a criteria to for the right people to be in the room for the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I've had a couple, the last couple of weeks of, I've gone to school events because both kids have gone to new schools. They've moved in. I, 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 that's not my vibe. I, yeah, I hate that. Yeah. And you're not alone. You're not alone with it. You know, no. owners and school mum pick up. It's different. It's so different. Yeah. Can't do it. Now, I really wanted to talk to you. Um, we are on a audio medium. Yes, we are. Is that the right thing to say? Yes. Yeah. Um, but if you could see Rebecca and her setup, she's got a hot pink wall behind her. She's got a gorgeous flamingo light. There's a bottle of champagne. She's wearing a hot pink T-shirt that says, don't be a lady, be a legend. Love that. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I've, I've always been attracted to your energy and how you show up in the world. And as you mentioned before, you're bald. You have alopecia. Yep. And I wondered, would you talk a little bit about that? Because I think for many women, not having hair on your head is probably horrifying. But maybe Mm -hmm. if you don't have it anywhere else on your body, that's a cool thing because 
women pay a lot of money to get rid of hair in other parts of their body. Um, yeah. but, but tell me about alopecia and how how it's shown up in your life, I guess, over the years. Yeah, so um, alopecia, if uh, for those of you that don't know, is an autoimmune disorder, which means your hair follicles essentially attack themselves and so hair doesn't grow. And there are varying different levels of it. Some people have it in patches. Some people get it and then their hair grows back and it just sort of comes yeah. and goes in their life. Um, and others like me just have no hair anywhere. So I got alopecia when I was seven. So for me, it has been something that I have grown up with and learned to over the years, embrace, like, Mm -hmm. love, put out there, um, share it with the world. And it's something that took a while though. Like it took a very long time for me to be okay with it. Um, as, as, you know, many kids do, they block out a lot of stuff if things are different and they're different as a kid. So, um, I couldn't talk very much to what it was like as a, as a kid getting it because I don't really remember life with, with hair before seven. Yeah. So I don't remember that bit, but I do recall always having the choice to wear wigs or not wear wigs. And I always mm-hmm. chose to not because I didn't have the support of my friends and family not to, but I always chose to, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be that person. Yeah. And so I had the fortune of having real hair wigs made for me. So they're not off. They weren't off the shelf. They were made for me. They fit comfortably. They were all different colors as I was growing up. I was having so much fun with them. And, but I was also always covering up with them. You know, I would wear them all the time. I recall just, being at home and even if I was going nowhere, I would still do makeup, put my wig on, get ready. Cause gosh, heaven forbid if anyone came knocking at the door and I wasn't ready, you know, yeah. it was that whole, I'm not going to be ready. I can't, I can't see the outside world. And so when I moved to Australia, um, moving to a whole different place. So obviously we've just talked about us moving to a whole different place, but I moved to a whole mm. different country, um, when I was 22 with the intention of living in Australia and building my business. And that's exactly what I've done. But the joy of doing that in a different country mm-hmm. is you don't have anyone around you who knows yeah. who you were like, or have been growing up and they're not putting you into the box that you've been in, you know, subconsciously, consciously, you know, yeah. s- the whole you can create of- a new box. <laughs> Completely. You can do whatever you want because there's no one there going, don't get too big for your boots. Like maybe just turn it down a little bit. You know, I didn't have that. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to do business on my terms and do it my way. And I did keep a crack. I did keep track of whether I was blonde, brunette or red, um, meeting people so that I didn't stuff my clients' brains being a bit, yep, I'm changing my hair all the time. Um, so <laughs> that was something I kept, I kept tabs on, which looking back and hard like, work. Oh my gosh. That was stressful. Um, <laughs> But over the years, I became more and more comfortable with not wearing hair in my own home and then not wearing hair in my own home with friends that came over. And then it was okay to go on a walk in the morning. And then it was okay to sort of, you know, do a little bit more, go grocery shopping without anything. And it took a good few years of me doing that to then get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. Let's go. And over the years, people had said to me, or one lady in particular had said, um, babe, you know, like when you take your wig off and you just do you, your business is going to go gangbusters. I'm like, yeah, 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 mm-hmm, whatever. Yeah, fine. 
ah, well, the irony of the whole situation for me is I decided to do hair free in the first lockdown of the pandemic, <laughs> which also happened to be the start of my seven figure year. So, you know, <laughs> there's some truth she was in right. <laughs> being yourself and, you know, being you like for me, I use the term lean into your uniqueness. You know, we all have something mm. that makes us unique and who we are. And you've got to be at the right point in life and have done the work and had the right cheer squad behind you and around you to launch yourself into the world. If you've been hiding something for a while, you know, yeah. you've got to have the support so that if it crumbles and you feel a little bit wobbly, there are people there that go, it's okay. We got this. You got this. Yeah. It's all good. Because it did take work. But as soon as I'd done it and put it out there, I didn't do it by halves, Lisa. And I'm sure you've seen it online when I decided <laughs> to go, okay, well, this is me now. And I booked a photo shoot with a girlfriend, had hair, like makeup done. And yeah. I almost said hair and makeup then. Had makeup done, photography done. And I changed everything on social media overnight. Just all the images on my website, all the images on social media. I put yeah. out a post about why. And then I shut the laptop and went, Woo! It's out there. I'm going to not look at it. <laughs> um, Brilliant. In, in sharing that and doing that, I had so much love on the posts of, yeah. yay, go for it, be you. Had so many people messaging me about how much of an inspiration I was to do it. Friends and clients who themselves were covering up hair loss and just went, I'm in awe of that. I'm not ready to do it. I go, wow. Like, I didn't yeah. know half of this stuff, you know? So yeah. it was almost as though me doing it gave other people permission yeah. in a funny way to go, oh, well, if she can do that, well, maybe I could, you know, maybe yeah. I could do that stuff. So it's been fun. Like I have to say it has yeah. been. And I look at it and go, I've now got sort of half an hour back in my day every day, you know? <laughs> I don't have really? to worry about what color wigs or you know, dropping, washing them off or dropping them at the wig cleaners to get dried. Like I drop off dry cleaning, like so much more time and money. Like is back yeah. in my life. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and just because I show up as me. Yeah. And you know what you have described, I guess was my experience of you. Cause I had seen you running events, say for business chicks and, yep. um, with wigs on and, let me go back. So I've seen you with wigs on doing things and I now see you, I saw all your social media when it came out and I was like, you go girl, thank goodness you did that mm-hmm. because it was like you were hiding something because even the best wigs, even the best people can tell. Yeah. And I, it was kind of like, okay, there's something going on for Rebecca. I don't know what it is. So it was almost like a, I don't know, a distraction. I don't, that's probably an unkind word, but I think you are so much more who you are now and I can see it without it. Yeah. Energetically. Yes. You know, it's, yes. It's a huge difference because I'd spent a decade in the video industry telling people to be themselves, you know, be <laughs> you, don't worry about yes. it. Just if you're a hand talker, talk with your hands. If you're not a hand talker, don't, you know, all these things in the guidance <laughs> about how to just be them. And yeah. every day I was not being me. I'm like, yeah. Huh. Like as soon as that bit hit, I'm like, oh, there's something in that. Like, like oh yeah. Oh, let's think about that a little bit more. And so, yeah, when I say do the work, it's conversations like that that you have with yourself that you've then got to work through. <laughs> yeah. To then yeah. go, okay, all right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I employed someone in the company I was last working at. I had a woman in my team in the US, a black woman, um, 
who has alopecia as well. And God, she's fabulous. And like, I never, I never asked her about it. It was just like, I, she came for the interview like that. That was her when she came to work. And it was, she's like, just so fabulous. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just, well, it doesn't matter. And that's the thing. Like, like, we, we constantly think other people are watching us and critiquing us. And yeah, sure. There's going to be some yeah. people that do like no problem at all. Um, but I'm, I'm of the opinion that, you know, if people are watching and looking at me, let them watch and look like I don't mind, mm-hmm. you know, more often than not, I, I, I can relate it to a conversation that we had with a um, group of people around a table at the mastermind I was part of last week, talking about public speaking, you know, and how nervous you can be about getting up on stage in front of people or getting in front of the camera and talking to the camera. The majority of people out there are looking at you going, wow, like I wish I had the courage to do that. Like, yep. Wow. Wow. Wish I could do that. And then they just look at you with awe. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. They're usually not criticizing. It's not criticizing. We criticize ourselves. Yeah. Right. We're the people that look in the mirror or look on the screen or look back and go, Oh no. No, got to cover that up. Or, Oh no, you can't wear that. <laughs> like we do that to ourselves. We're our own biggest critics. And that's yep. what we've stopped. That's, that's yep. the cricker. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good learning. Yeah. So what are you, um, what are you optimistic about this year? What's, what's, what's in the path for you this year? You know what? This year, I, I'm just having a lot more fun, right? I, I want to, you know, the conversations I'm hearing back and you've said it today is the energy that I can put out there brings a smile to people's faces. I Mm. see it when I walk into a room. I can feel it if I just say good morning to someone. And so I'm wanting to bring that together and just really bring the champagne lounge to life. Like, so I'm so excited about that. And I'm just really excited about embedding myself in the community here um, and just exploring that regional space, because I think we can get so caught up living in cities that we forget that there's a completely different pace of life and a way of doing business and a way of doing life. And this year for me is ease and grace. You know, I want to do things with ease and grace, have more fun and just have way more connection. That That's it for me. And if I can spread that far and wide, well, you know, I'm having the impact on the world that I want to have. So that's my plan. That is my plan. <laughs> Lots of that's champagne, plan. smiles. Yeah. All of the things. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing, Rebecca. I'm so glad you could, we could arrange for you to come on the, the podcast. I've admired your work for so long. Thanks for having me. This has been a wonderful chat and a great start to my day. So I hope everyone's taking away some joy from listening to our episode. How could they not? Oh my God. How could they not? At the Culture Ministry, we know how challenging and lonely it can be working in diversity and inclusion and how progress is often slow. You might be just getting started in diversity and inclusion or you might be on your way. The Culture Ministry is here to help you with your diversity and inclusion progress. Go to www.theculture-ministry.com to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and maybe learned something, please share with your friends on social media, give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and leave a comment. This makes it easier for others to find a dog called Diversity. Diversity.